0: Y'all there? Yep.
1: yeah yeah we all just along for the ride uh, mm-hmm. you know I, I have done work on the uh, topic of Kemet slavery uh, between reality and romanticism which is actually a title taken from a document written by Dr. Wesley Muhammad uh, if I can find this document I'll share it but in, in the document his basically his uh his premise his premise is given in the statement uh it is a gross display of cultural naivety and romanticism to deny the fact. Fact being the instant for the ride, you know, I, I Oh yeah, thank you. Uh, it said it's a gross display of cultural naivety and romanticism to deny the fact. The institution of slavery has since the beginning of the historical period been a part of the African cultural experience.
2: Hey, 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 hold up. Hey, Jonathan, are you um reading from something on the screen?
1: Actually I am, and I should share. It's my document which took uh let me share my screen. You see my screen? Yes. Yes, yeah, basically a document I read I, I wrote uh covering the information uh, and dealing not necessarily a reply to be given to him but uh, you know just to go over the information and uh, one of the statements he gave is this is a gross display of cultural naivety or romanticism to deny the fact that the institution of slavery has since the beginning of the historical period been a part of the African cultural experience and you know that was just the quote from right there but uh you know what do we have to say about that because we no one denies that servitude or slavery uh whatever you whatever you want just one circle uh, yeah uh like I said no one denies or at least i don't deny it, either of my has since the beginning of uh the historical period been a uh a alive are known but the way he portrayed it as an institution he said the institution of slavery has since the beginning of the historical period been a part of the african cultural experience and uh i took issue with first and foremost knowing the reason why he produced the literature and, and after uh in the wake of a, a debate that he had with uh a brother name natural tahoodi uh it was is Islam an African religion or Arab religion uh-huh. go ahead what you say
3: somehow you're um he
1: said
0: you're you're said echoing he in the background the
3: we can hear you in the background but you're not talking a part
1: of African cultural uh, That's very interesting. Should I issue with, I don't know, what's going on with that? Maybe it has something to do with mine. Yeah, you're not well, echoing, uh, you're not echoing, I don't hear echo from my
2: end though. Okay, so that got something to
1: do with uh, your maybe, some, some your system or something, Caleb, I'm not sure. But, uh since the beginning of the historical period uh, has been, uh, you know, an institution in Africa. Now first we would have to uh, ask what establishes, what is an institution, and what to him is the beginning of the historical period. Obviously he's talking about I guess the beginning of writing, when writing came along. And uh, to impose a institution of slavery on African culture, I mean like I said we all know servitude or what have you, whatever form you want to put it in was alive and well, but to to, to forecast the institution on these societies makes it a, a, a tad bit different. Hello, nigga, my man, Jay Ross. What's up with you, boy? What's up,
2: man? Did you, did you, you just put me in
1: on a call? <laughs> That's big boy. I put you in on it? Yeah, it just said you invited me to join a call. Oh, I must. Invite, I guess it must have sent the invite out to everybody on my list. My man Jay Ron's, the super producer, coming joining in on the bill one time. I've been meaning to talk to you. I ain't talked to you since I got off tour, man. How'd the tour go? Oh, it was pretty cool. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Yeah. Dope, man. Dope. Well, go ahead and do your conversation. Just hit me back anytime, man. I'm always on. It's all good. I'm, I'm going to hit you up. It's all good. Peace, all right, too. bro. Peace. Yeah, so uh I don't know how you how y'all brothers feel about the claim that uh, slavery has been an inst before we get into the document, how do you feel about the claim that slavery has been an institution before the uh I mean since the beginning of the historical period? And then we can talk about some of the attestations he used are some of these primaries that he misappropriated uh in the document. I can share the
0: document. Let's see what you think.
1: But do, it, do either you have an opinion on that?
3: I think, I personally think that the word slavery has um, a very charged negative connotation um, that is attached towards it. Um, as again, you said that is not necessarily to do with slavery as we perceive it or as we have encountered through the Arab slave trade or even the transatlantic uh, slave trade but it could simply mean um, a form of servitude. When we start reading the classics, we realize that um, when we're talking about slavery it's a form of servitude. Um, there has to be a role of a master and there has to be a role of a slave or a servant. Not slave as in that derogatory term of slave, but as someone who serves another. Um, if I own a piece of land um, and it is and it's being cultivated at the moment or it's, or it's blossoming, um, other people may come in and work on my land, and they will be considered my servants. But it's not something where I have captured them and they are my slave, or they are uh, they are forced to do the labor. But they've actually um, contracted with me to do work on my on my farm. So the term of slavery, um, we have to actually kind of define which type ta- which type of slavery. Um, is being discussed? Is it a, a form of servitude, or is it the form of um, forced labor that is taking place um, yeah. during the times?
1: We definitely need to get into that. Uh, one thing that I've noticed is it's hard to discern between the two because the opponents of that argument will say, "Well, if you're uh, if you're captured and you're taken to another land against your will," Well, regardless of what you call it, you know, that would be kidnapped and the work you do would be considered slavery. Some people uh, argue that. I am one who uh, stands to side with you because of some of the research we will show, uh seems to show that people were reamalgamated back into society or culture through a process that was well documented by J.J. Shirley in her uh, document the culture of the official, actually her dissertation the culture of the officialdom so we'll have to get into that and we'll get into some of the terms used because there's really no appropriate term to say slave as we see many of these terms were used in, uh, in royal names or what have you but you know, uh,
2: what do you think Kufu? Uh, yeah i agree with you i agree with both these brothers um there's definitely a different connotation from the ancient uh bondage and uh well i guess i would say indigenous african uh bondage and foreign people uh enslaved in, uh enslaving indigenous african people or just you know indigenous people around the world is it was, it was totally different in my opinion yeah
1: definitely well we're going to look at one of the uh he uh, let me see this right here. He put this forward. This is the Gir inscription, uh, and this is what he put forward as. But what well, you can see the quote on the top uh, that he got from William Y. Adams. This might be a record of the first slave raid in Nubian history. Now, this is all. This is what we have to look at. This is the only account. Uh, we have of it and we also have a couple of us here who can who can read Metadowne and clearly we know that this is not a, a linguistic uh, depiction. it looks more artistic. Even if we was to do the research to see what glyphs we can find in here, the, the majority of the theme of the story is to be told simply by seeing the art uh, in this portion of the inscription. And, I mean, there's nothing really to be read unless I'm overlooking something, uh, Caleb. No, no. Yeah, um, one thing I'll point out is that if we look at the artistic reading, we'll see to the far left uh, a depiction of Heru or Horus at the top of a proto, uh, you know, <laughs> a prototype of a Shrek. Uh, so, which would indicate kingship. Of some sort, looking at this artistically, but in the format of a syntax or a syntax, nothing is there to say that this would be uh, a record of the first slave raid in Nubia. Now, what we could we could point out what we do see. We see the pet, which would be if you guys can see my cursor. Yeah, okay. You see it? Oh, you don't see it, huh? No. All right, let me see. I have to scale my screen. Screen, screen. Well, we see the boat. To the far right, uh, let's see if this works. You see my mouse cursor now? That boat right there, crushing whoever the enemies are. uh... There's nothing to say who they are. It's only where the inscription is possibly found. We see right here a oh, throwing. Yeah. Stick. You, you see the throwing stick? Oh no, no that's yeah. a part of arm. I, I, I apologize. What looked like a throwing stick. Is actually a part of an arm.
3: We don't see your um. We don't see the the, the picture that you got on the screen. It's oh, your pro- my, my screen isn't shared. No.
1: You see it now? Yes, we do. Okay, but you don't see my mouse. Well, anyway, to the right of this picture, which is the JR inscription which was used by Dr. Wesley Muhammad as the uh, record of the first slave raid in Nubian history. Clearly, whatever it shows, we couldn't call this a slave raid, because common logic will show you the majority of the people in this uh, in this photograph aren't well-suited for slavery. They appear to be dead or meeting their demise, and there would be one captive uh, who is who, who seems to be captured. Uh logic would tell us that if one was coming in to capture a workforce that it would possibly be the other way around. you know what I'm saying like the majority of people would be being marched off as one person would be or uh, one well, you know just it's just a logical argument Let me see. We got another translation. Uh, uh, we got another. Uh, let's see if you might be familiar with this. Uh, this is his second depiction to show evidence of slavery in Kemet. And this is slavery by uh, Kemetes uh, against Nubians. And I don't know if you're familiar or not with this. Uh, what's up, Diran I don't know if you're familiar or not with this uh thing. my screen switched.
3: Yeah, we can see it.
1: Now we can't. I know my screen keeps switching for some reason. Yeah, this inscription actually comes from an inscription from the tomb of Hoy, if I'm correct. And this is a crop But in the document, uh he was he did not reveal that it was a crop He just used it like, I mean, I don't know if he should have, if he shouldn't, but it was very, he should have shown the whole inscription. The reason why, at the beginning of this procession, we find, uh, if I can scroll down, right here. Okay, this is a Nubia, and these are Nubians offering a procession, which includes more than just uh offering a procession to Tarak Amin, which includes more than just so-called slaves, as he would put it, is a whole procession of people now included in this procession procession of offerings. Included in this procession, we do find this group of Nubians who seem to be bound and headed away with mourners behind them. And now, we would have to go into this. We would have to look into this as uh, were these captives being handed on, to to become his servants or slaves or what have you. But we definitely have to scrutinize this and look at it from a proper perspective. Because this is what what we're arguing against is slave raids into Nubia to which he, he presented this as evidence of slave raids into Nubia. So we're arguing against slave I'm arguing against slave raids into Nubia as we see, I think his name is Hakan Nefer, the Prince of Mayam at the beginning of this procession, uh, I did, yeah, Prince of Mayan, nefer And so, this is a presentation given to Tadak Amin, which would not be adequately used in uh, claims of slave raids, you know what I mean? Here we see a Facsimile of the complete. I know it's not as big as it could be. See if I can make it bigger. This is a facsimile of the complete procession, and now we see. This is the uh, cry, uh up front on the top register to the very front. You see kneeling down in the position known as Sentai where he's kissing the ground. Uh, on the top register, that's Hekatenefor giving uh, offering the procession. And behind him we see all the Nubian royalty, and behind them we see offerings. And the first thing you see is this group of Nubian captives that we focused on from the crop earlier. This group. Anybody got an opinion on how this weighs in? Definitely I know, like I said, no one... uh, I never made conjecture against servitude, but even this seems to be like forced or whatever. What is your take on this?
3: So I'm not too aware if the if the uh, picture is not clear enough, but I don't see um, slavery take came Place here. Are they are their arms bound together or something?
1: If you if you if you get to take a look at the copy of uh, the inscription from the tomb of Hor later, you'll see that it appear, what appears to be their arms bound and their uh, their necks uh with these cloths that appear like somewhat of yokes. And then what happens? What appears to be mourners behind them. But as far as the literature is concerned, it, there is no inscription above them. Or anything that say say any use any of the terms that some say mean slavery, but uh, I mean you know basically, like I said, to to, to not take on the, the grandest argument, my argument is against the institution of slavery, which would require uh, markets. You know what I mean? Uh, uh, it being common in the central system of Egyptian culture, which is conjectured to by a lot of biblical tradition, but we don't necessarily find it in Egyptian tradition. Or at least in this document came in Nubia, black-on-black slavery between reality and romanticism. It was exaggerated by Dr. Weston Muhammad. As I pointed out, uh, these are Nubian. The white robes are seen are Egyptian of the Egyptian official class. Uh, this is not typical uh, Nubian gear right here. These are high Nubian officials we see, and when we looked at the color depiction, they co- co- covered different hues. We see the red Nubian and the, uh, the the more darker Nubian. I can pull up a document. Uh, maybe I have it open already, right here, uh, and share this. And this is uh, these are the transcripts from, a course. I took on Nubia, just an online course, a short online course I took on Nubia, but it's good to keep the transcripts. And I want to share, if I can enlarge, something that's kind of relevant to what we're speaking on. Uh, Just a second. Oh, anyway, uh, Khufu, you asked me did they have the Egyptian crown? If you can see my screen right now. That now this is. I don't see anything
2: but your uh, icon or your. uh, I don't see your screen though. Now,
1: this is a Belina find. If I'm uh, a graveyard in lower, 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 they call it Nubia. We call it Cush. But this is a lay depiction of an Egyptian crown, but it's not necessarily one that would have been worn by anyone considered a dynastic pharaoh. But this, it was their depiction at the time of about, I think, 400 BC. Well, maybe I would be better off by reading the uh, the transcripts that go along with it. But I don't think it is there. But I'm sorry to go off the subject, but I, I just seen this crown that we were talking about earlier as I originally came to this document to show something else about Nubia but yeah so you like, so was that a crown that was worn uh, by Pharaoh well uh, yeah like I said I think this was worn by Nubian royalty or Nubian uh, greats who were uh, trying to mimic the culture or customs of Egyptian pharaohs you see what I'm saying but let's see it says the kings were buried uh, this, because this was found in a, a Balina burial, which is a, a, a cemetery, a Nubian cemetery. So I said the kings were buried with all of their finery and war ceremonial sel- crowns inlaid with jewels on their heads. The royal crowns were made of silver and inlaid with garnet, uh, with the ram of Amun ostrich plumes, uh, wujah eyes, and a urae uh, that still bear witness to pharaonic traditions long gone in Egypt. So basically, it says, the cylinder crown evoked earlier Meroic regalia as well as Byzantine styles of pharaonic motifs. So what he's saying is, they now we got it in this cylinder style with that, because we know the Kushite crown, I know we're going, I went off on a tangent, but it's cool, knowledgeable conversation is cool. We know the Kushite crown was always that cylinder crown, but... uh. This was basically a late reproduction of some Nubians who were trying to keep up Egyptian tradition. So this yeah. is like basically one of the closest things we have to a finding.
0: Okay, okay. Yeah, because
1: um,
2: what, what I was reading from, it was it was saying they were trying to understand why they couldn't uh, found find any headdress by the uh, the rulers of those dynasties, and I don't I think they were trying to insinuate that maybe because. Uh, they, the crown didn't really belong to the uh, pharaoh or uh, something like that, to that nature. But I really didn't get enough information on it, so yeah, that's why I was asking about that.
1: Yeah, no, there have not been many real, true, authentic Egyptian crowns found. But that's like the closest thing we could get is in the style of one, and it's from Nubia, and they were trying to like live on the tradition. So, some knowledge that these were actual crowns, or maybe they could have been under the same impression that we are. You know what I mean? I'm, not, I'm just trying to share this, uh, share this with a few people real quick. So, what, what did y'all think about uh, some of the some of the things brought forward before we continue on? Some of the things brought forward about Rod not being the son. I would, I would tend to disagree. I know there's, a, I know what he's saying is a linguistic thing, but I would tend to disagree. Uh, let me see what y'all think about that, and then I will try to get back to this Nubia thing.
2: So my right not being the sun.
1: Well, it was a conversation we was having earlier, and I got cut off before it was over. But it's all, good. It's, it's all good. I
2: wrote. Yeah, okay. an- no, I was just saying my connection was bad. I kept getting cut off. So I, I missed the conversation.
1: Yeah, that's that was no, that wasn't even in this uh this same hangout, it was what we was doing earlier. Now uh, we will Kalam Kalam, are you there?
2: Okay. Uh, yeah, I'm here, I'm here. Uh what what, you, what is your take on that raw and Otin and, and the sun stuff from earlier? Yeah, I
3: was trying I to I was gonna pull up on my screen where um can you see my screen yeah I'll keep talking I I'll, I'll, I'll pull up what I need to pull up
2: okay. um. oh yeah well basically what I was saying earlier um, Jonathan was that you know because in a lot of attestations they point, they you know they clearly say that Ra exists within the sun base. Uh, you know, based on science, I was, you know, equating to, you know, the processes of nuclear fission uh, that ha- takes place within the suns, and Rod being a creative aspect and um, you know, I mentioned stellar nuclear synthesis and how the Sun actually creates all the elements in our solar system and um, that's what I, that's what modern science is saying and, um, mm-hmm. okay, okay. Uh, that was the point. That was the perspective I was coming from. Jonathan is that you know because in a lot of expectations they they, you know, they say that Ra exists within the sunbeam. Uh, you know, based on science, I was you know equating to you know the processes of nuclear fission uh, that takes place with and, being and um, you know I mentioned stellar nuclear synthesis and how this can actually treat all the elements in our system, and um, that's what I, that's what modern science is saying. Is, um, mm-hmm. That was the point. That was the perspective I was coming
0: from. a lot of
2: you know, What is that feedback? I hear it now.
1: Somebody got their computer up,
0: uh,
1: somebody uh, somebody got a feedback situation going on. That's what modern science is saying. Maybe somebody's looking at it on YouTube and need to turn
0: it down or something.
2: Are we on YouTube? Yeah, I think it's running live on YouTube also. Okay.
1: Oh yeah, you can hear me oh, now? Yeah, you can
2: hear me now? Yeah, I can hear you guys. Somebody was breaking up before.
1: Dang, am I that loud? So I got i wish my mic really loud. Bro.
2: Mike is fine, but I hear you clear.
1: All right, well, I'm going to give up. You were about to show some, some terms. Can you showed the term for Ra. Well, I think his analysis is trying to go beyond uh, our standard uh, understanding of uh, the glyphs. Before we get back to Kim and Nubian Black on Black Slavery, uh, like, like I've come to learn, a lot of his analysis goes into cross. Comparative linguistic studies between other African languages, and he's attempting to appropriate some of these terms by saying what they mean in other African languages. I, I agree, that's cool, but there are points of contention and questions uh, that have not been answered, like the one I posed that did not get answered about the uh, Rosetta Stone and Ra being Ra in Greek and how that would uh, offset the study.
0: Hmm. Hmm. Yeah, I
2: think I would I would th- I think I would have to agree with you uh with the terminology that we're using. Uh like um a sar is that Greek? Are those the Greek uh translations? It's, it's
1: uh well Ray, Ray is Greek. rod we get from transliteration from uh from you know just pronouncing the transliteration trying to do egyptology speak on the words we ch- describe but ray is what we actually get when we transliterate it from the greek from the rosetta stone cuz it was sarah was written on that stone oh so back to the the, the slavery and, Particularly dealing with uh, what Dr. Muhammad put forth, I'm just going to read uh, directly from my document and, and just a quick small excerpt to show how he used some of his sources in the name of defending his theology. But it says in this document, Kim and Newby a black on black slavery." Dr. Muhammad starts by citing Walter Rodney, only to discredit him by, mis- by with with a misrepresented quote of Paul Lovejoy. Africa has been intimately connected with the history of slavery as one of the principal areas where slaves was common, dot dot dot. Indigenous developments were more more important than external influences, dot dot dot. (laughs) In its indigenous form, slavery functioned on the edge of society. There were some slaves who have failed to pay debts, but but convicted of crimes, or being convicted of a crime, charged with sorcery, seized in war, or transferred as compensation for damages. Now, I say dot, dot, dot not to be silly or funny. I want y'all to note that. I said, Dr. Muhammad's excerpt is really a collage of excerpts by Paul Lovejoy. I will capitalize the words that Dr. Muhammad omitted by adding dot, dot, dot. That's right, check right. Out, right. <laughs> check out how he gets down. It really says this. Africa has been intimately connected with the history of, I mean, connected with this history, both as a major source for slaves for the ancient civilizations, the Islamic world, India, and the Americas, and as one of the periods where the slaves were common. Uh, now, 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 now so, did it the fact that Mr. Lovejoy was saying that. Somebody, somebody, we get, we get that, let me let me, try to, let me try to. oh yeah, great, thank you uh now, what he really omitted was the fact that what I capitalized both as a major source of slaves for ancient civilizations, the Islamic world particularly is what he tried to omit in his quote by by dot dot dotting up here, but uh, Indian Americas, and I posed the question, why do we think he omitted that is because. It was to protect his theology in the sense, like, okay, well, I'm going to write a document smearing kemet but the source I use clearly say Africa was a source of slaves for the Islamic world before it ever mentioned anything about uh, it being central in Africa. Uh, to go on in the document. It says, before we look at the rest of the quote, I ask Do you think both as a major source of slaves in the ancient civilization, the Islamic world, and Indian Americas was omitted because it was irrelevant? Or do you think it was omitted because it was first mentioned Africa as a source of slaves for ancient civilizations in the indigenous world? I'm not going to read too much, but I'll just show you a little bit of his carving and how he was getting down to paint his picture. The next portion of the quote was taken from a chapter called On the Frontier of Islam, page 28. The latter portion is from, in its indigenous form, slavery functions on the edge of society. So we clearly see he pasted uh, a uh, a few quotes from Paul Lovejoy together to make an argument that was contradictory to what uh, Mr. Lovejoy's book was all about. And uh, we see right here it says the latter portion. So it was it was just some of the what how he got down. You were saying
2: something? Oh uh, no,
0: bro.
2: I wasn't saying. We can't see a screen though.
1: Oh, okay. You, did you see it at first?
2: Yeah, we did. It's not
1: shared now, though. Oh, yeah. So this is this document, by the way. If anybody wanted to follow it later, it's on rapgod.wordpress. And we 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 basically talking about first how the source of this, Dr. Muhammad, used his references and twisted up their stories. It, it gets worse, I'll tell you. Uh, we could go in and see more of this. Let's see. Well, basically, if we don't know about Dr. Rodney Rodney, Rodney he was a Guyanese historian, historian who takes the stance that slavery was not indigenous to Africa. Rodney, uh, uh, he got his Ph.D. in 1966 at the School of the Orient of African Studies, the Oriental Afri- and African Studies, excuse me. His major study was the slave trade. And so, basically, he was twisting up the works of all these brothers by uh using a whole bunch of quotes out of context in order to say that they said what he was saying. Uh, something we were about to touch on earlier were the terms used for slavery in Kemet. And I, I hopefully you guys are reading ahead of me so I'm not really going to read it like word for word. I'm just going to say uh, a few of the common terms used for slavery are him, are himat and marut. And then another one we have is bach which is a word uh... we talked about yesterday uh... those are the most common words, now I say used for slavery, I mean by Egyptologists to uh... to forecast or appropriate their concept of chattel slavery back onto Egyptian society. But when it comes down to scrutinizing it in text these are the three terms we find. If we want to define these terms and going to the root of a lot of these terms, we'll see the type of servitude that they insinuate is not necessarily the servitude of chattel slavery, or you being a subject to one. Uh, as I wrote in the document, as you see, the one I focused on primarily was Bach and uh, and 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 a, and a phrase I find in a comedic text as a salutation was bach am," which meant uh, a humble servant. And if we look into, uh, you know, a Mace, that's also a, a current Masonic salutation. You can read the letters between uh, Thomas Jefferson and Benjamin Fre- Banneker, where Benjamin Banneker, Thomas Jefferson replied to Benjamin Banneker, "Your humble servant" as a salutation. And so it was, co- it was more or less like a so, it did the type of servitude it implies was not forced it was a willing servitude and then and then, and then we also like to do the etymology of these terms and as we did the other day we find that the term bot the work or that comes from bot the root of bot is ba which would be the soul and so it, 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 you know what I'm saying, if we're trying to break down this word, at least as far as I'm concerned, the root of Ba is Ba. We all know Ba is the soul, but all of these words give the similar indication it's consistent throughout the analysis. For instance, Marut, which is another term that they use to mean slave. But it's very funny because first and foremost, we have arguments about the, the, the root word of this term Marut, which is Myr, which means love. But to some who misread the glyphs, they might see an M-glyph and an R-glyph and will read more, and then they'll say it means mores, or even even further, which that is only an abbreviation for M-E-R, which means a overseer or one literally that which is in the mouth, which is a translation of his commands coming out his mouth telling you what to do but so back to the term marut when we find this in Egyptian text a lot of people just translate the term slave and the people who don't know the text or don't know how to analyze the text will not be able to see And and a source I put forth on that again and I always put it forth until people read it is JJ Shirley's dissertation the culture of the officialdom where she clearly shows you that a marut is not necessarily uh not necessarily what you would want to call a slave. Now I want to read some of these some of these quotes and then see if anybody else got something to say before I continue on. From Adam G. D. Gru- Grukowski or whatever. Gorowski. It says, but there's no vestige in of the an- <coughs> there's no vestige of the ancient language of the Egyptians that would lead us to suppose that absolute distinction of race or chattelhood based there on foreign features of the primitive life in the Nile Valley you know what I'm saying basically what he's saying it ain't nothing in the language that'll make you think that because of somebody race or or, or the distinction between race or chattelhood based there on foreign features of life in the primitive valley he's basically saying it wasn't like that uh, uh, and that's a quote from an old book you know, what I'm saying? to update a little bit more, we got the Cam- Cambridge World History of Slavery saying Egyptian families and villages did not own slaves. So, if we look at it from the biblical perspective, we'll get one thing. Uh, if we look at it from the biblical studies perspective, we'll get another thing. If we look at it from the criminologist perspective, we'll also see different things. Uh, there's a bunch of good sources in this document and also details about how he misrepresented certain things. Anybody familiar with uh, this photograph? Well, this is uh, used by some to also say, look, slavery, you see he got the stick, you see they sitting down or what have you. As you see the inscription at the bottom reads, it's from the tomb of Horm Eb from the 18th Dynasty and it is in Memphis, it says comedic officials are here taking a head count of Nubian slaves. Now, I wanted to use this just because this is his citation and his quote, and it says likely to be sent back to Kemet as required as a tribute. As a later date, the image recalls the scenes in the Middle Passage slave ship. So this is ba- basically Dr. Muhammad equating uh, this to a passage from the middle from the <laughs> Middle Passage slave ships. Uh, we have a work I used by Dr. Clyde Winters, who's someone who also translated this. First of all, if you go look at a primary of it, you'll see that Egyptologists are making sure they don't use the word slaves for them because they don't want to say say nothing wrong. They uh, they use the word uh, captives or whatever, what they appear to be. Uh, but Dr. Clyde Winters did work on that, and he said that, they were wrestlers or what have have you. And um following some of his translations. I don't know how credible his translations are, but you know what I mean? He found that they were wrestlers. So I don't know. I'm not gonna just hog up the mic like that and just block block up that one subject like that, but you know, we can look we can look into it and keep looking into the slavery and What I find is like one of my quote says above, if slavery was a ritual in Kemet or a, a common practice, it would have had its rights and deities. And that's just something I memorized. Let's see who said that. Uh, but that's something we need to note because as we look through most of the religions or what have you, they address slavery or what you're supposed to do, how to treat a slave, manu mission. Here it is. If slavery had been a normal social institution, it would have had its rights and deities. And that's from a book called The History of Slavery by uh I guess he's a Russian dude who discredits that slavery was ever happening in uh in Kemet. And so, you know, there's different takes, different perspectives on it, but we also gotta look critically at some of these Captives, some of these seven thousand Nubians who were brought back to Kemet, some of these, uh, you know what I mean, and who were they, and who do we consider them, uh, and what were they, and how were they reamalgamated into the society? You know what I mean, I'm gonna take a little pause for a minute. I don't know if y'all want to build on it, but I want to pull up a, a little point in this document.
0: Well, you know, everybody everybody will always say that the Egyptians had a place.
2: and they will point out the 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 flip or the 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 part on the walls where they have actual Nubian captives. And I believe um, I'm not too sure. I believe that w- that was different people on the throne at that time. So I'm not I'm not too sure, but they always use that as um, as a reference to say that Africans.
1: Oh, yeah, yeah, I see that a lot. Uh, And that's one of the most common things. uh, That's one of the most common things uh, we hear, and we see the misappropriation of who are war captives. It never says anything about slavery, it never says anything about putting. In servitude, but we see these people misappropriated by uh, scholars all the time. Now, this is the dissertation I keep bragging about. It's 553 pages. It's by a woman named J.J. Shirley, and she's talking about the culture of the officialdom, an examination of the acquisition of offices during the uh, mid-18th dynasty. And now, what she brings forward is a lot, lot of good. I love these PDFs because even though I can't mark my books you can uh, you can sometimes Google search I mean you know quick search and get to a part of a book and bring me back to something I want to show you. Uh, now this is basically her she goes over a lot of these terms we're talking about terms for slavery and she basically writes it all off in you know on about 600 pages saying that this don't mean slavery. If I could look at uh find any particular instances I'm sorry because I'll unshare my screen until I find it uh she does a lot of good work to show that these terms for instance like I said at the root of Marat or Marut or what have you which some say was a slave we found love but in the form of Marut used like that we also found it appended on to the daughters and uh names of certain uh Ferani people are people in the officialdom. Now, she has a concept that a Marut was not a slave, but it was the lowest level in a caste system of being re amalgamated back into Egyptian society. And so, what I have just done my pseudo etymology and been like, oh, Marut is equated to merit. It still holds the three consonants M R T. You see what I'm saying, and it still holds the principles of marriage, where you have to. Go ahead. No, when when you mentioned Maru,
2: I I would say when you mentioned Maru, um, the same Mary came up, came right to my mind. So I, I figured that would be it.
1: But I'm thinking uh, in the sense of our word, the word that may survive, merit, like to do something meritorious in order to receive your reward or accolade or in order to be promoted. Merit, it is rooted in the word marut. Or if not, because I'm not a linguist, I will say the concept of merit is rooted in the ancient Egyptian concept of a marut. Uh, and, and, and once I can find some of. Uh, her writings on this, I'll share them, but we can look, we can also, now, let's see uh, what she says right here. Now, she's not, in this instance, not talking about uh, coming directly from uh, a slave, but at this point, or a servant, or a marut, I should say to be more accurate, but at this point, she's simply detailing that there was a merit-based system in, uh, in, in, to become the prominence in ancient Egypt. She says a detailed examination of the official's career, as it compares to his own self-depiction, may help us to distinguish between truly merit-based advancements and officials whose positions and status were primarily based, possible, to royal favor or friendship. Now, basically, she does a full analysis on that on people who got positions in the officialdom just because they was raw at what they was doing who might have started literally started as a maroot and rose up to maybe the overseer of the royal nursery or kids who started in the royal nursery who turned out to be generals of the army and so it is showing a process of amalgamation into the culture because first to become in the royal nursery, you was an orphan. For instance, if we take the biblical allegory of Moses and we, we want to act like he really was adopted or picked up by the Pharaoh's wife, well then, in the true context of the story, he would have been placed in what was called the royal nursery. Now, let's uh, see if she can bring us to anything on the royal nursery. If I spelled it right. Uh okay, I guess nothing's gonna pop up for me uh, for that anyway, 'cause I should remember the metal, never term for it, and that makes me mad. But uh, here we go, royal nurse. uh. Right. Well, anyway, the royal nursery was, you know, just that uh place for kids who were what we call nowadays orphans, or what have you. And so, and, and this would be a sense of the children who were brought back by Tutmos. Uh, after he he got rid of the Asiatics, I wouldn't say they all would be into the Royal Nursery, but select of them were, and the others would be somewhat reamalgamated into the society. Uh, I gotta grab this just for a second, sorry. So you
0: know, you know how it is.
1: Uh, it is what it is, Maru. Oh, I want to unshare my screen while I scroll through. Oh, here it goes. Right here is a coincidence that I just scrolled right upon it while I was talking about it, ain't that? That's how the ancestors work. And y'all can read up on the royal nursery while I got uh,
0: this car right here. Just. All
1: right. Sorry about that. It says. Previous scholars have suggested that the phrase carud in pop a uh, child of the court or nursery should be interpreted to mean that it is that its bearer was most likely raised in the royal court and possibly the possibility of growing up in the palace and being educated in the court is certainly indicated in the Middle Kingdom stella where the king says you profited from my majesty's tutelage when my as his uh, my majesty's foster son and sole pupil of my palace you grew up so let's just start right there I mean because we're talking about a foster son how would you become a foster son? how would you become uh, the sole pupil of the palace? these are things that uh, biblical allegories apply to Moses but we're looking at them in the true context of of criminology, you know what I'm saying? And, uh. And what have you, if we want to find that Stella exactly for people, that's 236, let's see what it says. Uh, from the Middle Kingdom, Stella of Ikhornafrit. It seems like they dang near translated that back in uh, a different language. But Nafrit. So that's where you find that. And as far as things that i mentioned like the adoption papyrus which shows us different types of amalgamation into ancient egyptian society if we look in the adoption papyrus we will find a egyptian a prominent wealthy egyptian father who has no heir no son no daughter he as his daughter and he did this speaking towards uh, a being amalgamated to the, her society is because she would assume his position as an heir and assume his things that his brothers beseeched so his brothers was after his good so in one instance in this papyri or in papyrus he adopted his wife as his daughter so now this is a multi implication, I, I hate to talk like that but check it out Because people talk about incest and Kemet, but yet they don't know things like this are part of the culture. You might adopt your wife as your daughter, and then in your final words, it would be somebody trying to translate it to be like, oh, he was married to his wife and his daughter. But that might not be the case. Also, more evidence against that, not to go off on a tangent, if anyone wants to look up a viceroy, Kush, our overseer of the gold from Nubia, they'll find out the term viceroy was actually sanisut which would be said the son of the king so then the viceroy would be the sanisut so then you might think that the viceroy if he married uh if the viceroy married the princess you might think that that was incest but it would not
0: be the case just one second
2: yeah i've I've heard many times in Africa that um it's not really they don't really practice incest. They would even refer to somebody in the village as brother and sister and even say, "I met my sister and I fell in love with her, not necessarily meaning their blood sister. So it's important to understand African dialogue and African culture in order to understand how to how to put these things in context.
1: Yes, yes, yes. Now, when I uh, when I spoke on Mary, I'm glad I got her document up now because she keep on going in on. She backing me up on everything I'm saying. Now it says, Mary, here's a whole point on it. She said, merit is in theory the most straightforward and easy understood reason for official advancement. The position is awarded based on a man's ability to comp to competence. of I the mean, a man's ability and competence rather than his familial or uh, political familial or political affiliations however merit can also be defined as being entitled to rewarded or entitled to reward or gratuity or gratitude uh, either implied or explicit so In ancient Egypt, however, the question must be asked whether it was possible for individuals to rise to social status and career through their own abilities. As revealed above, the supreme decision maker was the king, and his closest advisors were men such as the visor, the overseer of the seal, and possible royal tutors. Uh, To whom among the decision makers would be official abilities, uh, would the official's abilities be demonstrated and reported? and how could we determine whether this occurred. Well, So basically she goes in and if you view the document she nails her case and what she begins here is to show that all of even the people we consider to be slaves or whatever are not or was not and they wasn't and they rose through society and she basically nailed it home so I don't really have to uh, if people would look at that document anyone following I don't have to you know duplicate her work I can show some of her points if I could find them but it's all written down there she she beat that case to the ground you know what I mean that
0: so you know looking through some of this stuff man. y'all got me with the blog. man
1: I want to have a conversation you know what I said I don't want to do really a presentation, but it's all good, because I got the material. Kufu, any questions?
2: Uh, nah, he going in. I'm just, you know, learning.
1: Oh, that's what's up. Well, you know. I want to find some particular uh, things that she was breaking down. In, uh, oh, about heredity. the. Uh, a heredity system, and, and as we show, it included some of the common people uh, who would be these maruts, or a him, or a, a bach. She's breaking all that down, and she she's basically go, about to go in right here about a few of the terms that we should scrutinize if, later. I don't know if it's clear enough to read uh, on the share screen, so I'll just give a brief synopsis of it. Chapter yeah, one. And clear. Okay. Chapter one introduces the readers to the presence of a heredity system for the transmission of office and the role of the law in determining inheritance. There are four. Uh, oh, excuse me. There are four subsequent. I mean, there are four subsections that are presented at the beginning. Lineage staff of old age. Now let's look at that term. Medu au I guess. Uh, I I-a-u yeah madu au and let's remember that uh legal recourse and then the egyptian term would be imiet what imiet per which would really be like a a contract for a house or something m how'd you pronounce that uh your brother Kevin that transliteration i know it's hard to do but
3: yeah i i would i would have pronounced it as um uh meat par
1: yeah, and Meet Pearl. Okay, cool. Which mm-hmm. they call an adoption right here, and we'll see later, it's a document, basically to say something about the government, the governor of the house, or what have you, uh, and, and an appointment. It says, the men, <clears throat> the men discussed here can generally be seen to be used, to be used in at least one of these methods as a primary means of passing their office. So now we got, I mean, later once we look into the document, we'll find, we got comedic officials who got the right to just pick somebody and be like, when I'm gone, you taking my position. And what she's done in her work is found common people who were placed in these positions. People called the terms that we would call maroot. And so I always reference her when I I start using terms like a merit-based system because she used it over and over again. You know what I'm saying? It's one of the things to her dissertation, how she even got her PhD in Egyptology. You know what I'm saying? And so, it's it's well researched work, and again, if anyone doesn't know, the document is called The Culture of the Officialdom, an Examination of the Acquisition of Offices During the Mid-18th Dynasty uh, by J.J. Shirley, and I guess I'm going to get off this as we proceed on to Next, but and so when I put forth the fact that uh, a lot were re-amalgamated into society, uh, I is because of some of the uh, testaments I've viewed. You know what I mean? See
0: if I can find this other document.
1: All right. Uh, Let me. I'm about to share this link real quick with a few people trying to get in here. I'm not the fastest on the computer. Copy. Wow. Okay. Cool. Yeah. Okay. Shout out to the few people who are looking on YouTube. Uh, Let me. I probably should check the YouTube feed for questions. If you want to uh, join in, the link is shared on the Amin Squad Scholarship Group on Facebook. All you got to do is type in your search, Amin Squad Scholarship, click search, and you'll be able to find the link. Uh, Yeah, so, where are we at? Now, uh, I'm looking over... Now, when we start to talk about the treatment of Egyptians by... I mean, treatment of Nubians
2: by Egyptians. Hey, we can we, can we, can we, can we clarify something real quick uh, with this uh, Egyptian term? I wanted to bring it up in the last. Uh, oh yeah, last definitely. F and, and you can pardon me for even using it. That's just because we
1: speak in English. But go ahead. Yeah,
2: I know, but yeah, because it was being thrown around. Like when you say, "Cause I hear people say ancient Egypt." That's kind of like saying the natives were ancient Americans. Am I correct?
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. It will be like saying the natives were ancient Americans, exactly. But for sense of for for sense of study, which is Egyptology, the, the term ancient Egyptians applies to who we would call Kemites and everyone all of the above. Like that's just a semantic uh argument, you know what I mean? But you for the sense of for for sense of correcting myself, I will. Nah, clarify. I wasn't trying to correct you. I was just I, was, I just wanted to bring that up because. Uh, you know, you're right. You're 100 correct. It ain't no ancient uh, Egyptians because when they start saying the term "Hukapata" or with even that or Egypt, that was, that was So you correct. Yeah, but with the ancient Egypt, I'm just playing. Uh so but you know what for me just to keep it real when we start to stickle like that I do the grammar and so I'm not even familiar I'm not even cool with saying chematic or I'm not cool with saying chemites cuz nobody walked around called themselves that either uh, we will find one or two attestations to kemahu and we will find a rematch or recty but we never really found nobody calling themselves chemites either so sometimes I don't like them terms myself but yeah, Egypt is, Egyptians is one of the worst ones. You know what I mean?
2: Yeah, because it kind of try to because the way they use it, it's kind of like we're saying that we're giving our we're giving credit to the people that are there now because you know the people that are there now they're trying to say that they were the people of ancient you know uh, custodial times. You You're know? right. That's, that's really disrespectful. Right. And, and and I should I should be wise in
1: my use of the words. No, nah, I'm
2: just, I'm not saying just you, I'm just saying the general, because I caught myself doing it and I thought about it, and I wanted to bring that forth. Now, throughout a few documents I wrote between
1: this one, which was uh, sort of like, formed as a reply to Kim and Nubia, Black-on-Black Black Slavery, Between Reality and Romanticism by Dr. Weston Muhammad, and uh, of some little research we've done on the term Nubia where we come to find out uh that on a inscription of one name Heriostef we find out there was a uh what will be ideological borders of Nubia or you know what i'm saying and uh, and uh, uh ideological crown of Nubia which he said he possessed on his stella and so also now when we look into what i have up here uh i called imperial chemist and the colonization of Nubia. Well, well, I'll read directly from it. It says below is a facsimile of an inscription from an ancient Egyptian offering table held in the Museum of Ireland. Within the facsimile, we read an epithet for Senral Zet, the third beloved of Deadwind, foremost of Nubia. Now, I don't know, uh, I, I got. I thought the inscription said more than just that he was beloved of Nubia. I guess I was pointing it out to show that he had some love for Nubia. But if we know anything about uh, Sam Set and on his stele, uh, well he has more than a, a one, he uh, basically came at Nubians hard, you know what I mean? And he came at Nubians and he defied... Uh, Well, some interpretations of Estella say he defied uh, the entrance of Nehesi into the areas of of Kemet, you know what I mean? And so, when looking at that, we have to see what some of his raids did, because even him, and I I think it was another I think it was, I think I can't remember the name Uh, Sahu, uh. who was that who did the raids in the uh, in, in the earlier dynasties and came back with like 7,000 Nubians? Uh, Sahure,
4: Am I right? I'm just
1: going up... Let me go... I think it might be Sahura. Who? Sahuray. Yeah, I think that is who it is. And if anybody... and just going off the top, if you Google him, and put 7,000... ...Nubians, I'm sure you're going to do it. Some information here, go right here. And so, just to note, I just put that out of my head, but you can find sources on it. And now, I, I speak, I preach, and I teach a reamalgamation amalgamation into Egyptian society. But let's be clear on the aspect of how, I mean, we have to be realistic. How could that take place? How do you re amalgamate 7,000? Uh, First, how do you keep control over 7,000 people? And secondly, how would you. Oh, this is complete other research I'm doing. I'm sorry. And secondly, how would you. Uh, let me share my screen. And secondly, how you would. Uh, how you control them and how would you begin this re amalgamation process? You know what I'm saying? I see my brother Ujahu in here. Uh, piece and I just wanted to say we was basically touching on the document written by Dr. Wesley Muhammad which was Kim and we are black on black slavery between reality and romanticism and you know looking at it from a real perspective to see what was going on uh, I am one who do not believe from what I've seen that there was an institution of slavery alive and well in Kemet I also have plenty of sources that uh, teach against that But uh, I am not one that speaks against servitude. And so what what we were going through were examining some of the, examining some of the, you know, fines or what have you, some of the claims, some of the terms even that were said to mean slavery. To recap. Oh, y'all make me talk too much. So <laughs> you, so you, we listening, we learning. Okay, well let me get back. I did do this research, so let me get back to my uh, document. Brother, I'm trying to get in on the thing. What's up, man? Why you ain't in here? Hold on. It oh, ain't a YouTube. It's, a, it's, a, it's, a it's on YouTube, but I sent you to Google Plus. But I'm about to get back. I put everything in the group. Hold on. Now, I think the link was on your page, John. I don't think you put it in the Real Black Atheist group. Okay. He said it was on my page. I didn't put it in the Real Black Atheist group. To I'm putting it right now. All right. Uh, yeah. So you know, the terms I was uh the terms I started by going over were him, Bach, and Marut. I spoke most on uh Marut, uh but you know.
5: Hey um hey Jonathan, what what was the do you have a link to that um, dissertation?
1: Uh yes I do I that's my PDF copy and it's really hard to find online now but I'll share it I'll share it for uh, everyone in I'm a Squad group or something okay because the last time I looked for it online I couldn't find it so I was forced to go back through my documents and find it in my own files yeah but she does she does like I said I can't say enough about how much she obviously she got her PhD off it but She she was banging it, just knocking it out the park. To where I wouldn't even have to bring too many more, uh too many more (laughs) you know, you wanna bring tons of sources, but I'll kill somebody with her dissertation and what I know about the glyphs. Like, you know what I mean? What's up, Asar? We was uh talking about slavery and Kemet and recapping where we left off at with some of the terms people call slavery, uh Marut, uh Bach, uh him or him at and, and really going into some of the meaning of it. I spoke on earlier, I said I thought Bach, the, the route to Bach was soul, and, and, and you know, the route to Marut would be possibly love. These are all possible etymons. I'm not going in like on the linguistic. But, and, and, you know, even the third one, which was him. Well, I don't know any root to him, but anybody want to speak about some of the terms people appropriate for slavery?
6: I'm trying to. I'm wanting to uh, find a variation. hear yeah, me? Can hear you? Yeah, I want. I'm looking right now. I got this book right here. Uh, y'all see it? Uh, it's called the Rise and Fall of the uh, Plantation Complex. Y'all see that? Uh, what? The rise. The rise. And the fall of uh, the plantation complex.
1: Now, uh, you know why? Because you ain't got your screen, Uh, you got your icon showing, not your thing. Yeah.
6: See me now? You see now? Yeah. A good book right here, man. I did this kill all the Hebrews, that bullshit about the ships because it talks about the slavement. Of uh of Africans in 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 Crete, in that region, in Cyprus. You know what I'm saying? People being enslaved, you know, being taken away from their lands with ships, having nothing to do with the European slave trade. All right, important work. I'm wanna I am want i want to kind of find the um. Thank
1: you. Out. Turn your camera on. Turn your camera on. My camera not on. Nah, it's only showing your icon or whatever. Shit. Yeah. I don't know why the fuck. You just gotta click that red button on the top. It, it, it'll take your camera on so we can see you.
6: Camera is on. I can see him. I can
1: see you. I, see I don't him. know. Oh well, I'm, uh, that must be my transmission. I, I don't see a star either. I don't see none of you. They're not letting me see none of you.
3: <laughs> I'm seeing you now. Now all I see right, Al- you yeah. Switching back all and all forth. So every time.
6: Time. What were you saying, Ankh? I didn't mean to cut you off. Yeah, uh, this book is important. It talks about uh, I, I, I advised by Philip D. Curt, uh, Curtin, the rise and the fall of the plantation complex. Essays in Atlantic History. It's important because, first of all, it knocks out that myth about the Hebrews coming to American ships because it details in the area of Cyprus where people were being taken, you know, to be enslaved on ships. And so, you know what I'm saying? So that knocks that shit out the box uh, about just ships being American slave trade. That that would not be true. And and, and the finding section where they're talking about the, um, the different types of slavery, the, the quote unquote what they call an African slave trade, quote unquote, uh, well there is no African slave trade. But what would what, what slavery meant to the African, the Muslims and the Christians, the Europeans. I just need to find that section, but yeah, I suggest anybody really want to know about slavery to really get this little this work of essays. Very, very valuable work. One of my I call it one of my killer pieces. You know, when everybody want to, you know, it definitely talks about sugar as being the source of slavery. You know, and so Cyprus where they had these first sugar plantations. But I just. Um, the the what I really want to speak on is the um, what talks about the Mediterranean, the origins of the Mediterranean, and all that. All right. That that being Cyprus is important, but I want to find a thing with the details of different types of slavery. Give me a second, I'll find that. Yeah, I was on YouTube too. You got a real good feed going to that too. Was oh, that right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Oh that's cool.
1: There's a few viewers. Peace to the viewers. We also on the Hangouts. You wanna get in, come to the Amarok Squad scholarship page on Facebook and join. So we not gonna we're not gonna play. We really about to go in because I really got some tough questions and my question was I am one who is under the impression that they were we amalgamated back in the society. For instance, the seven thousand Nubians who were brought to Kemet by uh Shahu or are the uh the other seven thousand who may have been brought back in another attestation. Yeah, but how were they reamalgamated, and how could this be looked at? Uh, we have to, we have to really go in on the argument. I got the homework. I've been giving out the source every time, but I'm asking for our other arguments on that. How were these
6: people reamalgamated back in the society? Oh man, how? Well, let me give me. Uh, I'm almost at the reference, but uh, first thing. Uh, if you know anything about Africa, it was a lot of areas that weren't inhabited, and so the African would, would literally take other people, and the amalgamate them, and bring them in, just to fill the areas up with people. Uh, and another thing, uh, we should probably never use that word slavery, like the European slavery. That's the, that's a mistake, um, because actually, what we considered to be slavery or servitude was, like you were saying, an amalgamation, meaning. If you was in war, when, with the people,
7: some-
6: if, you was, if you was in war, gotcha, little brother. If you was in war, it was a time period that was spent for you to understand and learn the culture, okay. And after you finished that time period, remember, one or two years, you was allowed to be a functioning person in the community. So this definitely wasn't slavery, okay. And I think that's important if we start really promoting that. Um, yeah, but I'm going find I'm, I'm I'm looking, I, I found the page. Now I have to actually find a reference. I'm gonna read that because shoot, that's just I mean, that's just what we did. But as for that slave economy, I haven't found that yet. Well, judging from what I've judged when you read when you
1: were reamalgamated that you became a Marut. And this is all just coming from a few works and other things I've seen. You become I got something bothering me. Excuse me. You becoming my roots or what have you. And, and, and if we want to talk about a structure of the society or uh, the officialdom, that would be the lowest in a, pati- a t- particular caste system. But you were not relegated to this point in society. You know what I'm saying? Uh, you weren't relegated to this point in society. You could uh, rise up, like I've said many of times, and. But I'm talking about, let's keep it real, what would that process entail? Would that process entail, mandating that you people stay in a certain area, you know what I'm saying? And what parts of this could be considered unfavorable, maybe all of it considered unfavorable to the person, to the subject. Like, you know what I'm saying? Whether if we consider it, we know it's not shadow, they don't think they own the people, but we let's look at it uh, from our
7: perspective. Now you know uh, a verse that you could use um, if you have I forgot what it is but I, I know I, I can find it really fairly quickly if I go into um, Milana Karenga's work where they wanted to test this man's magical skills to where he can cut the head off of something and put it back and the king, uh, orders one of the so-called slaves or servants to come do it, and he says, "I cannot do this against one of the noble herds of God." And he he orders a um some, for somebody to bring a duck instead. Are you familiar with that story? i definitely not. Uh, no. Keep going.
2: Um. Uh, yeah, what I'm it, familiar with it. It's in that book called Osiris and the Egyptian Resurrection by Wallace Bud, Volume One.
7: Yeah, but um, well, I haven't read it there. I just, I, I just, I just could think off the top of my head. It's in Milana Karenga's Maat, because he's he's giving it in the context of, uh, the Maat anthropology, how Maat is applied to human beings, and so to to speak on that essence of, regardless to their to their social plight in life, there's a basic humanity that is given to people to the point where when someone suggested that we get one someone of a lower class uh, to to sacrifice their life to uh, to perform some magic on to get some magic performed on them, the 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 wise one was like, "No, um, that's not um, you know that's that's not what I um, you know am obligated to do basically under the rules of my art. You know, um, I cannot do that to one of the noble herd of God." And um, you know, speaking of the human being, and so in, in the Egyptian, in the Egyptian context, you know, um, it's just like God is like a shepherd, and hum- humanity is his flock, and so uh, or it's cattle, and so uh, it's, it's used metaphorically in terms of human beings being the noble herd of God. But that, that, I was just thinking of that off the back. I can get the reference in a little bit um, specifically, but that that just, just shows you just the the, the humanity. Even treated to the um, to the so-called slaves. Actually, I think this person was a prisoner. Like, like you know, um, I you know, I don't know what what the jail was, but I think this person was a prisoner in in the story. I'll I'll, I'll be more precise when I when I look into it. Yeah, and in those uh, you
1: know those terms like that would imply that there was a prison. I heard you say you didn't know what the jail was, but
7: so. So the terms. Well, I mean like a physical, like uh, I'm I'm I have yet to come across like a uh like a building that they said this is where they house the prisoners. And so that's that's all I'm looking for. And I'm not saying it don't exist, I'm just saying I haven't seen it. So like to go get like where was the prisoner located? Was the prisoner oh. located in a in a building, like locked up in chains, or was a quote unquote prisoner an open person that had like a mark of a prisoner? And they just went and got one, and then you know, saying, "Bring them to the court." I don't know.
1: But uh, can I cut in for a second? Um, yeah. I remember Dr. Clark
2: said that, that there is no word in Africa for prison.
7: In, in most places, I wouldn't. He, he 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 painted a broad brush, but in general, you didn't have words for uh, you didn't have words for prison or jail because they didn't have any. Um. But yeah, for the most part. But I I wouldn't go that far um, to say that none. You would you would really have to assess a fairly good amount of languages to really argue that standpoint. But if if that's what I'm saying, so if ancient Egyptian had prisoners, we assume that they had to have a jail,
0: right?
7: Right. And so you know, um, so that would that would nullify his argument if he was really trying to apply it to all of Africa. But and so I guess that'll be a good. I need to look up and see what is it for prison itself, and if we could actually find one,
1: right, right, or something similar at least.
7: Yeah, you know, because they had to be held somewhere. If you have these prisoners, where are you holding them? You know, is there like a concentration camp? Right, right. Or something that you know, like you know, and and then how, given the technology and stuff, then how would you keep people from escaping?
0: It's a good question.
7: You know. And, and I know again, it's just questions to ask. It's not necessarily I'm trying to prove a point. But you know, that's that, that'll that be uh, a good research. Um those will be some good research questions, I think.
1: Now, uh that yeah, definitely. Uh I just felt a point in the document where she's uh talking about the adoption papyrus as I mentioned earlier. and just to really quick Adoption Papyrus, a document from the late New Kingdom. In the first part, uh, Neb Nefer adopts his wife, Nan Nefer. Check that out. Neb Nefer adopts his wife, Nan Nefer. Rennefer, okay? Because they are childless in order to ensure that his property passes to her and not to his consuengineal, or whatever. What's that word? kind of an uh relatives, whatever, upon his death. Well let's just stop at that first, because she gave out the source and everything. He adopted his wife. So first and foremost, we're talking about slavery, but this applies more specifically to the claims of incest. Because as they are written down in the text, he went into the afterworld with his wife and, who was his daughter. And it had to be written that way in order so that his His heirs would not take his belongings, as they say, as she say right here. You see what I'm saying? So I know that the subject is slavery, but this also applies to uh, uh, the attestations towards uh, incest. You have to understand the culture of uh, Kemet. You know what I'm saying? In order to understand that some of these things written down aren't what we think. But as she carries on, she says, "I know y'all probably read it by now." Following this uh... Never relates that she has adopted and thereby freed three children born by a slave owned by the couple okay now let's stop right there because I mean obviously the wording of the document writer is the slave owned by the couple and that's we don't want to even start that conversation we'll just accept what she's saying in order to analyze that she adopted thereby freeing three children who were born as slaves or so what have you so Okay, before we go into the language of are they slaves or are they not slaves, let's say that we note that this adoption process was is evidence to what could be considered a monumission or amalgamation, Uh, well, monumission would would deal with uh, chattel slavery more or less, but this would be more like a form of amalgamation into the society as now you're an Egyptian or now you're... Not a captive anymore. Now you're actually a part of an Egyptian family. And so that's just something I wanted to
7: put forward. Uh, I want to add to what you're saying. I'm trying to find this resource because I remember when I was um, responding back to Wesley Muhammad on the slave god issue, um, I pointed out in one of Fukial's works, he talks about this so called slavery, like the word that they translated into English as slave. But he says specifically that it's more so adoption. This is in the Bantu Congo, and so we see the same kind of language and rhetoric, you know, in practice in the Congo that you find in ancient Egypt as far as this adoption that you're talking about. And something else you said remind me. I have to find a specific quote, but again, I'm bringing up Dr. Kipkoech Sambu's book, uh, "The Collagen Peoples of Egypt: Origin Legend Revisited." And in this text, he talks about how two women can marry. And and it's not sexual like you like we would think here. They're not having sex. But it has everything to do with property, is is what you said. So I'ma find that I'ma find that quote and you know we'll probably have to come back to it later. Um but just just to re uh, reemphasize, you know, which or just to uh, add credence to what you were saying. Um hold on a sec. Hold on, hold on, let me read. Uh let me read. Well hold on, let, let me see if I can share this first. Uh how do I get back to sharing? Screen share. Okay. Uh can y'all see what I'm posting here? Can y'all see this page or this PDF document?
1: yeah uh, try one more time maybe oh well they probably care but I st- my screen is frozen on your
7: icons for some reason um c- can anybody else listening see if y'all are seeing my screen it's
5: black it's flashing it's flashing
7: um
5: Dr. Kim blood
7: on, why is it? Okay, it's flashing on my screen too, so I'm trying to figure out what the hell. Um, well, let me see. Is it flashing still now? Yeah. Uh-huh. Is it still flashing my screen?
6: Yeah, I can see the screen and it ended up on the thing. It's,
7: is uh, it flashing though? Yeah. Uh-huh. It's flashing. I have no idea what that means. Let
6: me. You must be trying to um, put two things up.
7: Yeah, you might have to
6: close down uh some programs or something. Yeah, that means get off that, just look straight to your screen. Y'all be fine. Okay, like
7: you can y'all see me. Y'all can see me straight now, right? Yeah. Okay, let me try this again. Would I, I gotta go to screen share first, right? hmm Okay.
5: Um I got a delay. You look like you look like the uh right now you're your lips are out of sync with the audio.
7: Testing, testing, one, two, three. Can you hear me? Yeah, I can yeah, you.
5: Your screen is flashing like a strobe man, light.
7: Man, you need to go get
1: Comcast, man.
7: <laughs> I don't know what's up with this. Yeah, i uh, got like that
1: dollar
7: man. You the stop shopping at Dollar Tree. Oh man, this is this is this is just uh uh Jonathan's bootleg stream. <laughs> <laughs>
1: That's my fault. Oh, you know what else you might try? Here's something to try. Once you share your screen, reduce your Google, uh, minimize your Google Plus thing, and see if that helps. cuz mine be flashing
5: all the time, yo. Well, I'm gonna give a shameless plug for Apple Max.
7: <laughs> Never have any problems? Well, let's. Dang it! I wish. Well, I'll just, I'll just. Read it. I, I wanted y'all to see it, but I'll just. I'll just get it. It
6: right, try it. Try
7: to so we try to all figure it out. That way, our shit don't be going that, man. Okay, so okay, I'm I'm going to the left. I got screen share. Okay. Um. You know what though? Is your is your document
5: is your document a separate program? Separate? It's like a uh, Adobe PDF.
7: It is, but it's like right now I, I just I just looked on the web to get it. It's, I have it on the web. <laughs> okay, I
5: think that's what it is. Uh uh open up in a separate window instead of a separate tab. Open up in a completely separate window. You
6: think that's what it is? Because I heard you say that before. That's, um, that's oh what right.
5: happened yeah, that's what happened to me uh last
6: time. How you say your name? I'm gonna get that right. Why? No, Wu woo? Jao.
5: Yeah, Wu
6: Yeah, I wanna say it right. Names is important. Wu yeah. Wujao. It don't spell like that though. Hell wrong with you. W U D J
5: A U Wu Jiao U Like Wu Tang Wu U J A U
6: Yeah, that's it
5: No, nah, it's W U
6: <laughs> No, you know why? Because you trip tripping
1: off this, brother A W is really just a long U sound, right? Wow. It's W
6: So it's Oo Jau Oo you can't see that big W in front of the. Yeah, yeah, the yeah, I see it, I see it, but for me to get it, I had to spell it the way I hear it. Okay. I got it now. Just.
7: A, a w. Well, let me just save this. I, I have to save too because I don't know where the hell I saved this on my actual computer. So I'm just gonna save it to my computer real quick. Um, you know,
6: you put it on your Google Drive. I think uh, the Google Drive can open up for the one I think.
7: But I would have to. I, I would still have to save it to my computer first, and then give it to Google Drive
5: okay but you try to open it up in a separate window instead of a separate
6: yeah. tab. yeah you know what because on the google drive it say create and share notes right here on google drive that's interesting
7: um
6: create your sketchpad and all that let me see it said yeah, when you open, open, open a board separate board. document your email address becomes visible to everybody's document shared
7: let me, let me try to uh <laughs> document I don't, I don't I apologize for uh, these technical difficulties
1: I don't worry about that Uh why you doing that I'll why you trying to get that right I'll share until we see it pop-up tell me when y'all see it pop-up is it up there yet that's mine.
7: where your Google Drive
1: I'm sorry no do y'all thing I want to share the p-count which is sort for pro-sopo-gagraphia patalamerica And the P-Count is a project that lists all the inhabitants of Egypt between 330 BC from Greek, Egyptian, and Latin sources. Now if you go into the P-Count, you'll find what listed only three slaves, or what three people supposedly were slaves. You see what I'm saying? And this is documents from Greek and Egyptian records, because you know they took over 330 BC, and they were extremely anal on these details. Documenting things, they have details all the way down to the pottery people possessed their own. Really, you can look into the see. So the fact that only so-called three quote-unquote servants or slaves appeared in that time period is notable. There you go, sir. You up and running? What you say? I think you're up and running. I seen you share something.
7: Yeah, I'm. I'm. I'm, Yeah, I'm on the share. I don't know if. uh, Okay, when I'm talking, is that does the share come up or? Or do y'all see? Or or can y'all go into Google Drive and see what I share? I should have shared it. I think I shared it with everyone.
5: No, I don't see it.
7: Um, it it should it should be called Slave Gods document. Slave Gods a response. This was from a um a. A, a discussion me and um, Wesley Muhammad was having on Facebook, and so in order for me to properly respond correctly, I just had to make a PDF instead of posting on uh, Facebook. I went on a
1: trip. Just read it for us if you can in uh, the match of time, because we got like 30 more minutes before this one is over. Okay. Um,
7: you will. Darn it! How do I? Ooh, my bad. Um. How would you share? Y'all, but y'all should be able to pull up something from the Google Drive. It's not me necessarily um, uh, showing it on the screen. Something
5: but just it, popped up. Whatever you just did, it popped up saying asking me to use Google Drive. So I, I, I don't know if everybody has to do that.
7: Okay. Um, well, I'm in Google Drive. Can you hear me? Like you see, yeah,
1: but I, I think you should share it a different way because that way uh, you should open up your Google Drive and share your screen because this way I don't think YouTube will be able to see it.
7: Okay, so screen share, but um, but see my screen share. Let's well, just take a cool screen share. Oh, okay, I
1: see it right here, Slave gods response response. you have to. We have to open up our Google Hangouts inside of this thing, and yeah, okay. I gotta got know. Yeah, y'all would have.
7: Y'all Y'all yeah, would have to go into Google and, and then open it up individually y'all Yeah, that's
1: a, that's kinda crazy though. Um,
5: yeah, like I said, Now you're sharing you're actually sharing your your video stream. Oh there
7: you go. Okay. Um let me go back. well I'll I'll just read from you know how oh, um, I can't get out of here. How I get out of here. <laughs> We should just have a Google uh, Hangout on how to work Google Hangout. Exactly. But uh, I'll just read now. I gotta find my place again. Um, do I mean, I and even still, I have the books, so I can just. I, mean, I don't even necessarily have to uh, go through here. I just wanted y'all to see it. Um, but it, it's it's shared, so it should be in the Google Drive regardless. Um, I didn't mean to do that. It's on page seven of my document, but um, Dr. Kimbo Dende bonseki Fukial, uh wrote a book called *Mbongi: An African Traditional Institution*, and it's somewhere, somewhere in my bookshelf. Oh, here we go. Um, and so, on page thirty-one, when he's talking about, uh, you know, these quote-unquote adoptions, he's saying one could believe. She was reading from she's talking about the knots. Remember the conversation I talked about how they how they write tying knots? And he's talking about that. And so he says, one would believe she, this woman who was tying some knots, was reading from a book. Knots talked about extended families, members sold as slaves. And then he has in parentheses this expression should be understood as giving away as adoptees or as mortgage. And Mark's uh represented measures of animals given in this process. Some of the people mentioned in this knots were not ransomed in the 1930s. And so I quote again um from the text. Hold on. Uh I won't read all of that, but I'll just I'll just skip down to page um number eight and he <laughs> says something to the natures uh, when a female in Ganga or alien had offspring after her community integration, her children were known as the kids' results of the community integration wealth. Such children became full community members, although their biological origin came from a woman of a different Luvila ethnobiological link. Such children, however, were not known like this if the father was a member of the local indigenous community. In this case, The children were often adopted for Nuvila, and for Indubundulu. Those of the community integrated by their mother, but they could also keep their mother's previous community status. I rather prefer the use of adoptees and adopters than slaves and masters in African practice of the so-called slavery, since the concept of slavery based on a on the slave master relationship. Of the West did not exist in Africa. In practice, there was no no difference between slave and master in Mbongi. If you can get what I'm saying, so I'm just saying that's a living um a living example of that concept of adopting and how when in the Western part they try to uh, they give it the the title of slave, which was not um which not you know. Understood in that same context as the way that we understand slave today.
1: Yes, and I'm glad you added that because I mean that's half of what the adoption papyrus is really all about. Now there are other few papyri that we should get into. We got like 22 more minutes, so I want to. We threw out some of these terms like him and Bach and uh and Marud and I want to leave people with a uh, direct di- by directly addressing those one papyri uh, I'll point people to is called Hikon papyri I mean one papyri was well, a group of papyri and it's Hikon Nacket's papyri uh, a, a group of letters from the Middle Kingdom he was a farmer in the Middle Kingdom who was a free man and what his papyri does is establish that some of the terms that we know specifically him and Bach, because his epithets were him, ka, and in one instance he was Bach in perjet, and that would probably be the the worker. Of the, well, you know, I say the worker, but they say perjet. You know, that would be the house of forever. So some would call that uh the worker of the funerary estate, and that's how JJ surely cited it, and I agree with that translation. Now he was a Bach in here but if we look into uh, him being a free man and actually even he received uh, stipends for uh, wages for his work on his land being a bot and a hem. So this this papyri or these papyri that what they do are is established one a stipend for land workers in Kemet that people were actually being paid to till the land. Uh, two, it dispels at least it's one attestation that dispels the fact that Bach means uh, a slave in the sense of chattel, and it also does the same work for the term him uh, and again it is Hakanakit. That would be H E Q A N A K H T. Hakatnak is papyri. And so that's 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 something I would like to point people to in the sense of the terms we were looking at earlier. Uh, if we want to let me see I was trying to think of something that uh, other things about Abak uh, we have Montu it's hard for me to pronounce the name but it's like Montu E U I. so I was supposed to spell it just like Montu, M-O-N-T-U then you can put the I-Y-W-Y so I said montu E U I but he's a bu- butler from the royal court, owner of Teague's uh, 172, which is a tomb, and a valet of kings, what have you, and, uh, it says, this is a document I wrote, if anybody wants to refer to it later, it's really not a document, it's just some of my notes I made public called Concerning Slavery and Kemet on WordPress. And it says he's another of the few officials who we know who have crossed over the Euphrates with Tutmosis, and with uh, his documents shows his meritorious rise, rise from being just a, a common man to uh, being high in uh, the officialdom under Tutmosis III. And he was also called a bach, that was his name or his position. So some of these. If we really want to look at the primaries, we could just blow it right away. I mean, I could just, I should be sharing my screen, but some of the stuff I wanted to overlook. Uh, if we started to look at some of the primary counsel as to attestations of this stuff, we could knock it right out of the box. Uh, when we talked about the child of the royal nursery, which Moses would have been, uh, like I said earlier, we, we find many children who were orphans. And, and what, what knowing about this royal nursery does is it establishes that an orphan who rose through society would solidify claims of possibly a meritorious ascension from a commoner to a royal officer within the officialdom. Uh, this happened with, I think, Montu, Montu, whatever, however he says his name, and excuse me for that. We talked about the adoption papyrus. And but if anybody else wanna give some of them knowledge about some of the terms that people use to say it means slave, uh you
4: know Peace everybody. How y'all doing? How you doing, Israel? Israel doctrine in the house. Without a doubt. Hey, what is the exact topic of the show? It was uh
1: Kemet Nubia and Black on Black Slavery between reality and romanticism. Uh, we touched on a few other topics, but that's basically what we were. It was initially a document written by Dr. Wesley Muhammad, and now it's just a topic in the conscious community.
7: Okay.
4: Can someone please uh, send the link to that document? I would like to breeze over it, if you have it.
6: Well,
1: actually. If you Google it and you'll find the truth, Google that title and you'll find out that he's removed since I wrote my two refutations back two years ago. I, I I ain't being pompous or nothing. He removed his document from uh, any source that is associated with him. And the reason why I noticed is because when I was researching it, I was at a site. Uh, endorsed and affiliated by Dr. Wesley Muhammad, but now if you go to look through his writings or everything, you won't find one document, and that's *Kemet Nubia: Black on Black Slavery*. Now I mentioned this to the community about six months ago, and he might have rectified that, but I guarantee anybody if they put it in Google, the first two things gonna pop up is my document. You won't find it at any place endorsed by him, but you will find other people quoting his document. So it's kind of funny. Question: Then, do you have the original? Yeah, I got the original right here uh, on my computer. You know that I had to pull that
4: off the net, boy. Well, you know, you know me and you good friends, so hit me on Facebook and but send nah, me that PDF. I said you can
1: read mine, my my because he was really smearing up a lot of things. that yeah, I'll give it to you for sure. But what I was just saying is, if you try to use it to say, see, and use him as a source. He already been
4: refuted. So you should also read my refutations too to see how I use the source. Yeah. Yeah. I'm just a information junkie. I got a nice hard drive here and I need to fill it up, you know? Oh for sure. No doubt. I got you, no doubt. So
1: since since I guess ain't nobody add in, what's up with y'all? No, I could put I could t- talk about this.
4: I like doing hey. workshops. I ain't no teacher, right? Um, thanks for putting that video up, man. I I, I like that So, which, which, oh, which video did he put up? He put up some uh, some shots from the debate on uh, Real Black Atheists.
1: Yeah, it was pretty cool uh, to see some of that footage. Uh, basically, these are people who rose from being nobody to having prominent positions. So these are people who are a testament to the meritorious rise that I always want to say that you would take in your amalgamation to comedic so- society. Uh, Amos, who was a, and, and this is cold, and y'all need to look into this, cause y'all say Amos was Moses, right? Well, I deal with the primaries, and I put the wall right there to go read it. Uh, TT 241. You're gonna really find out that Amos was a child of the nursery. Now, I don't want to confuse my Amoses, cause this could be another one, but he was a scribe of divine writings. He he began as a child of the royal nursery. And he ended as the head of the mysteries in the House of the morning. All right, and these, are, uh, these translations I'm given are supported by uh, her work. But uh, we always got we also got John Nooneey, John Noone, who went from an army scribe to the overseer of the army. We got Jetty, who went from a soldier to the chief of the army. And all we really are detailing is not nepotism, not uh, cronyism, but these are merit-based rises. Uh, if we look into their stories uh we got San Nefri, who rose from a storekeeper to an overseer of the steel we got Tumost uh this is a different Tumos who was the royal butler or a bot but he was a royal uh, so you know we should look into that too user hot and a few more other people i I feel like I'm talk taking up the floor I don't like to be a mic hog you feel
6: Can y'all hear me Yeah, we Yo. hear you. We hear Yo. you. All
0: right.
6: Go ahead, man. We learning. God damn,
1: I know what made me talk all the time. All right, check it out. When well, Ursa Hot rose up from a common man to a ranking official. One of his first titles was child of the <laughs> royal nursery. So I, I I'm specifically focused. You can't hear me. Walk the dog, Yeah, I'm specifically focusing on these people who are children of the royal nursery. And she did, and I'm just following her work because it's you. You're in the royal nursery because you're orphan. So if you're orphan, you could have been an Egyptian orphan, true, and you could have been a non-Egyptian orphan. Nothing, no, there's no vestige to show a distinction between the two, like no word or nothing to make us think that they chose between the two. It just says child of the royal nursery, so these are un, ungoverned children. Now I indicate that he was an orphan or the son of the friend of the royal family. Arsahide is a good example of a documented meritorious rise in Kemet. The officialdom of Kemet was not only based on heredity and ne- I mean, was not only based on heredity and nepotism, because we know it was based on heredity and nepotism. But what I'm showing you here are other ways that people uh excel through the ranks. Lower reckoning officials could ascend through the ranks, basically. There was a merit-based system where a Marut could indeed well I keep saying that over and over, so no need to read it. But I'm just trying to give y'all examples of that. Different facts, uh, additional facts on a Marut. Not mean the slave. Tetmos the third daughter name was Marut Amen, not Mary Amen. She was Marut Amen. So I don't think he named his daughter a slave to Amin. You know what I'm saying? It's the same way that Abid is used, or even a servant of God. And so when we talk about the servant of God, no one ever calls themselves a slave of God because they're two separate connotations. Uh, we got Osmos also had a daughter named Marut Amen. You know what I'm saying? And then I go into what Corvée is, and corvee slavery is a day's unpaid labor due to the lord, due to a lord by vassalage under a feudal, a uh, French feudal system. So that really was some French shit that came out, that Corvée. But it's interesting that the root of Corvée is to act. Yeah. So even if they say the ancient system of Corvée was a form of slavery. It means to ask for your paper that somebody owed you. But I see you're about to say something, on. I might be wrong. Well, uh, this was like again, this document is called Concerning Slavery. And Kimmy is at rapgod.wordpress. You know, we're gonna start doing these bills as often as we can. Broadcast. Them. Uh, I can continue with the definition of corvee. Uh, let me see. Corvée, a mandatory is it still shared a mandatory contribution of personal labor to the state. Okay, was the earliest form of taxation for which records exist. Indeed, in the ancient Egyptian word, in the ancient Egyptian language, the word labor was synonymous with taxes. So right there, that'll tell you right there. It ain't based on no slavery. Labor being synonymous with taxes. This is just part of what you got to do to keep us a strong nation. In that sense, perfect. Covet was not defined as slavery here, but taxation as a mandatory contribution for labor. It does not speak to restrictive freedoms, it speaks towards tax- taxation. Now, for you, Brother Israel Doctrine, you should look at this claim as we look into Egyptian Manumission. We'll find the first attestation of Manumission in Egypt was in the 26th dynasty, or 27th, I'm sorry. Yeah, 27th dynasty. A slave girl owned by a Jew named Meshulam. Meshula. Meshula. Now this slave who they find the first monument of was owned by a Jew. So not mm. that, just that document, but that's what I wanted to put forward before it came to a close. We got like nine minutes. If anybody wanna do a roundtable before we get out, that'll be cool.
6: Yeah, that's a hell of a checkmate right there. That's interesting I we mean, had to bring it up on the show. Yeah! Wow! I'm <laughs> um, back to the this book. <laughs> back to the book. you,
1: you see this book on the screen? You see it? I can Can anybody else see the book on the screen? I can't see it. Damn! It only got my icon. Some told me if I check my yeah. lottery numbers live on YouTube, I might hit. So let me do. <laughs> oh
6: man! Superstitious. <laughs> I hey, hey, hey.
1: Oh, hey, do that sometimes for the fun uh, of it. Superstitious don't become my religion, though. See, that's the problem with superstition, superstition becoming your religion. That's when you got the problem.
6: Somebody, I have.
5: Somebody devil. has a delay in their that's microphone, but yeah, I can see the book. But your your screen is not clear. Yeah, the book, book is not yes. coming through. Let
6: me see. It. Yeah, somebody must got two things. Somebody must got the YouTube thing over, too, or something like that. Yeah, somebody must got. Two uh, you know what? Just to add something,
1: Paul so Lovejoy said in in this book. Paul said in the formation. Uh, something looks like I'm sorry. Uh, but anyway, I'll find it before I'm done. Man, he said, oh, was anyway, servitude you in Africa. In Africa, Africa, Africa. got off at five o'clock. So. Africa, like he was know, like, it was five just five like five, a job. Like, right. and I need to find that quote right. since I put it forward. Just second. All
6: right, let me. Um, y'all can't see the book, y'all can hear me, alright? Right. Um,
0: right?
6: No, we can't hear. you.
1: I hear you. I hear you. No, we can't hear. You. Yes. I hear you. I hear you. Yeah. All right." Man, Man, who who got that that
0: echo pop. Right? Like, uh, Man, okay. Okay. Man, okay. pop? down YouTube or something, or, or turn down something.
6: Like echo pop. Yeah, they kill us with the echo, yo. So it ain't you, Israel Doctrine, and they're playing call. Call out nah, my mic. So ain't you, call. Call nah, my mic. So Okay, all right. Are we here now?
0: Okay, all right.
6: Here now? Yeah, good. Echo now. Huh? It's still echoing. Huh? Nah, you go. You cool. Go ahead, bro. Nah, you go. Cool,
0: you cool. Go
1: ahead, bro. I don't hear an echo. No man. Uh, that's You're probably cool. you echoing the star right. press mute. Sorry. Uh, that's probably you echo. Well, that's you echoing the star.
7: Um well, that's
6: you echoing the song. That's me. No, it wasn't you. Okay, just
1: yeah. it was because I am okay. on the control
0: <laughs> board.
1: I'm on the sound thing. So whenever someone makes a sound, I can see the green arrow and it lights up next to the star whenever the echo goes on.
6: Alright, Hey man, you know you can't have that Dollar Tree uh, microphone there, sir. So. <laughs> <laughs> Hey,
1: but yeah, we got five minutes before YouTube cut us off, so it was a good build. Anybody got something? I mean, so we didn't even address—we didn't address slavery, the biblical fake slavery, you know, because that ain't even really worth addressing. I wanted to address without romanticizing things—the things that we call servitude, that some call slavery—and we need to really, really put forth. You know, I put forth homework
4: on it, and you know, maybe some brother—that's literary. That's literary. Not fake.
1: Oh, I didn't mean fake, no disrespect. I mean yeah, literary, uh yeah, you're right. You're literary, uh whatever however you want to call it, brother. But when we start talking about uh the reality of the situation, you know
4: exactly what I mean. You know what I mean? Terms are very important though when you speak. You hey, oh, thanks for that video clip, man. I needed that.
1: Maybe I got a bad connection. Everybody ain't connected up. Ah, where you at?
4: He trying to fix his uh four eyes. So I'm about to start. Look, check this out. I'm gonna tell y'all
1: something else. If y'all ain't got no way to support nothing that we doing, you ain't got no monetary to put forth, I'm gonna tell y'all the easiest way. Cause nowadays y'all really need to just support by spreading the information. Letting people know who it is, let them know where to find it, and you know what I'm saying, and getting these teachers out there, helping us get these teachers out there. You know what I mean? If you can't go running buy an album or buy a book or whatever people put forth to support themselves, then at least let more people know about it. You know what I mean? Because that's that's also support. So that's what. Hey, I'm
4: gonna, since, y'all, since y'all gonna be out in a little bit in the room, I'ma watch it on YouTube, saying that I didn't catch uh, all the information. Jonathan, don't forget to hit me with that info.
1: It's all good. I got you, and whenever you de- hit me when you do a radio show, I want to come back on there and talk some more Bible stuff. So you feel me? Okay. All right. That's what's
5: up. Peace. Forewarning on the Google Hangouts you 'cause y'all, y'all, y'all decide right on the spot. Let's let's hang out. <laughs>
1: Well, you know, it was kind of crazy. It's just as simple as a phone call, so it's real easy to do. But we are about to start scheduling some and doing them at a at a at a cool time every other day or something. You know what I mean? Nah, it's, it's all good. Hey, Tom, be
2: good. Yeah. As long as yeah, the
1: archives, we can catch it. What's up with you? Uh,
2: I think I shared that drive. Uh, could you share that document with uh, Uja? The breathing
1: drive right now. I can That's just right. go. Out yeah,
2: I just got it. You got it?
1: I just got it. Well, hey, that'd,
2: that'd be a good book for you to check out, man.
1: Oh, that that book is wonderful. I also share the culture of the official dumb in uh in another in, in, in a in a in a, I'm a Rock Squad group or something. Okay. Yeah. All right. All right, well that well this is this bringing it to a close. That was a nice good session. As far as I'm concerned, uh you know what I'm saying? What? No damn slavery in Egypt. All the biblical tales, y'all can throw that away. We still got some questions to ask <laughs> because we don't want to romanticize it. You know what I'm saying? But, but when we look at it, all that uh, all that shadow shadow slavery, that was an invention that comes with this a little bit later on. And we're going to touch on that, too, in another time period. All right, I'm going to turn this off, so take it easy, fellas, Peace. Hold break.
2: up, hold up, question. When, we're still live. This, Go ahead. Is this on YouTube or are we still good to stay right here? <laughs>
1: it's on YouTube right now it was broadcast live the whole time
2: oh no I'm saying after it finished broadcasting with this Google Hangout close up
1: oh uh, I think I think you know what let's see what happens in one second it might turn off the air but the Google Hangout still be open uh, but I really don't know because I'm not that experienced <laughs> Uh, I'm trying to figure out all right, there we go. Let's see what happens in one minute when it turned out. But we had a few viewers. I don't know if it was a lot, but whoever it was, peace to uh peace to you. Peace to checking out and go buy an album, man. Support the rap guy. Yeah I'm talking about
2: <laughs> Where can they get that at? Oh uh, man uh,
1: Rap Guy, uh well you know you can go to the Casual at Bandcamp, you could go to iTunes always, but I always recommend going just to the, got some folks to event, the money. Man. My cousin, got your old, right my cousin got
2: your old music, man, from when you first came out. I was like, "What?"
1: <laughs> yeah, when I came to see you, I was on my 20th year anniversary of the release of the album, so you know what I mean. I got to, I got to do that for a
2: bit. Yeah, I support that, man. Sure, I, I copy it. Let me just, I don't know where to get it from, but you know, I get one.
1: <laughs> Thanks, man.
2: With the uh,
7: you don't have to And I'm gonna
2: about. get a book, uh, I'm gonna get your book too, sir. What'd you say? Said so I'm gonna get your book where I get a copy of your book at too, man, because I, I need to read it so I can beat it up.
7: You can try. <laughs> you can go to my website directly.
1: Yeah, it's it's it say we're still live, so I guess I gotta turn it off. It's 4 30, and I'm gonna try to keep a two hour schedule. So it was a good one, fellas. I'll holler at y'all. Y'all might still be in the chat, so peace. Peace.
0: Excellent.